This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Down under in Sydney as we embark on this pausing um, of domestic football after another victory that saw 
Celtic's lead at the top of the table extended to nine points um, midway through November. It's myself, Declan, joined by Lawrence, and we're delighted to be once again joined by Patrick back next Tuesday. Bulletin, Patrick, you've been away for a long time. Um, you said the last time you were on was after the 9 nothing game since then we've embarked in a Champions League campaign, booked up our place in the semi-final of the, the League Cup via Play Cup, Premier Sports Cup, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, right off the bat, what's been your take since you were probably last on the overall picture of where we are at just now? Don't worry, we've got an hour, so we've got plenty of time. Uh, it's it's um, and we've not got another game for about a month as well, so uh, it's been an interesting time, you know. From nine nothing to nine points clear, it's been a it's been a big ten weeks, which I think is how long it's been since I've been last on. So it's been an enjoyable time. Um, I think the Champions League group was definitely a learning curve. Um, you know, we've got a lot of young players. Um, it's only Andrew's second season in Europe. It's our first season with him in the Champions League. So definitely a learning curve. Keep the keep the squad together, and we can sort of go again next year. And then domestically, we've been perfect. You know, apart from that St. Mum game, um, you can have absolutely no complaints whatsoever. Um, obviously, the last couple of weeks has been tainted by VAR. It'll be interesting to see if that gets any better or any worse as the season goes on. But no, it's been a fantastic season so far, um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of agreement in what you've probably said there. Um, frustration probably more than disappointment, I would say, with the Champions League. I know myself, Lawrence, and Natasha's been going over all those different games. You were over in Leipzig for the game over there in Germany. Um, but I think, you know, that out the equation, I think any Celtic fan, if you'd have offered them this at the start of the season, would have been delighted, especially domestically. So we're getting at this break, we're in a good position. We hope to possibly stay come January time. Um, Lawrence, you know, that, that's our tagline today about Ange Postacoglu confident of unearthing some possible talents come January time. Do you think that that comes with possibly selling somebody? But we spoke last week about those comments um, at the AGM. Or do you think, you know, going out the summer window that those targets were already identified um, and everything's tip-top and ready to go to bring them in whenever that, that time comes? I, I still expect us to have a player trading model. You know, probably I think prime candidate is probably Juranovic. He's of that age. If he's a good World Cup, you know, this is probably his last big move. It's our chance to make some money on him. So you'd like to think we could have you know, a few right-backs identified that would improve the squad. Outside of that, you know, if you get any money for players that are out and loan and take it, but I wouldn't really see anyone out of the first team squad other than that, moving on. I, I think the rest are, are pretty settled. Yeah, I think the team is at a point where you don't want to be breaking it up too much because obviously you're looking forward to to hopeful Champions League football next season. To do that, you need to win the league. We're in a good position to do that at this point in time. This comment coming in here, um, so Uncle Nobby Steamboat saying Big Ange already planning for next season, never mind January. Um, Patrick, that, that gives us a real confidence. Um, and, you know, to bring this in was actually one of our talking points today. Lawrence has set it up really nicely. That player trading model, um, not to be wanting to go over Celtic's finances too in depth, but if you look at, you know, our outgoings in the past five years, it's been the, the most money brought in by the club duty, obviously the market change. If you look at some of the players that have went, the only two seasons in recent times that Celtic haven't sold one of their key assets being the COVID season. We know how that turned out, and in the summer there, um, 
but it would indicate with the way that Celtic work can operate that there probably will be somebody going out the door, which I think, you know, myself personally, and I imagine you'll agree, is you're quite happy with as long as you know that that able replacement's going to come into the club um, and the manager's quite happy for that outgoing to happen and for him to be able to bring in somebody else who he's identified as a target. Yeah, it's not a problem as long as you're constantly either sort of renewing and refreshing or uh, upgrading the team. And, you know, you've sort of seen that... Um, in Angie's first summer window. You know, you, you lose guys like Ayer and Christie and, and Sham goes on a free and then you get money for Edward as well. And you think to yourself, those are really four quality players, key players. Um, but, you know, we replaced Edward before he even left with Kyogo. And then the day Christie left, Jota took his number, literally. And um, he's, you know, arguably our best player this season. Uh, certainly one of many. So there's not a problem with selling good players and key players if you're going to replace them or upgrade them. Um, it's it's the it's the landscape that we have to operate in. Um, you know, there's a lot of clubs who are who really punch above their weight doing it. You know, Mitchell and obviously knocked us out last season. Brentford are a good model. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighton are a good model, and you know, and in spells Celtic do it quite well as well. You know, under Ange we've 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 really excelled. You know because. The season we had last season, we made a profit player trading. We upgraded the squad and we won two trophies. So it's we're good at it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. In certain in times, and you know, Angie said he's already sort of done his work and done his homework for this mm. January window and he's using this time off. Um, or sort of break from football to plan for the summer. So it looks as if he's staying around and it looks as if we're, we're doing our homework and hopefully going to be signing some key players, even if some do have to go out the door. Yeah, those are two really good examples in terms of Ryan Christie and Odson Edward. And, you know, Lawrence, when you flip that, you know, on its head, looking at, you know, that, that window, Celtic hadn't won it in that season, but we get those guys out the door. They, they obviously wanted to go out the door. The other big outgoing being Chris Iyer, Um You've arguably re- re- replaced him over the course of two seasons, obviously, by eventually bringing in Cameron Carter-Vickers initially in the loan deal and then and permanently, but obviously, you know, four million outlay in Carroll Starfield. A- Ange Postacoglu's been really, really sensible the way he's worked his money. Um, and it shows that, you know, with, with a plan in place over a number of years, if you have the right person at the helm of the club or, you know, director of football or whatever you want to call him in terms of re- recruitment director um, and Mark Lobel, that you can have that model work and it's not just, you know, I think it was described last year as a, a blind man throwing darts at a dartboard. It's not going to be that all the time that if you have a plan in place, it can work out for you. So I think it's 
up in the last 21 years we've dominated Scottish football I, I don't think it's anything new you know, I think there was only you know, one season that didn't work was the Covid season where we actually deviated from what we normally do players would want to leave in Champ for example would normally have been sold and with a, a, a bank 14 million quid so that's the only, only season we, we deviated from the, the, the normal plan so yeah you know the right guys in charge you know Peter Law kind of Love them or loathe them. There's no doubt he, during his tenure, a lot of success happened at Celtic. And we, we did develop a good player trading model. Matt Lowell's getting some praise from Ange. Obviously, Tosh is doing a good job in it scouting. So you've got to be confident in these guys, especially the track record Ange has since he's coming in. I saw his uh, comments from, from him that he likes as much information as possible. And it's down to Matt Lowell and Tosh is scouting to get all the information, put it in front of you, Ange, and say, right, what do you think of these three guys, you know? What's your pick? And then Ange obviously uses their opinion, the information they've given, uh, and makes his own call on it, you know, taking that into account. So, on Ange's record, yeah, you'd be more confident of a mere a few gems, if need be. Absolutely. Um, I've got these comments in front of me here, so let, let's read them out and come over to you, Patrick, you know, and can I just pick them apart? He says, every decision I make, I try and flood myself with as much information as possible. What I'm good at is sifting out what is useful and what is not, but I've always relied on information. Ultimately, it comes down to a judgment because you could have three players and there's not much difference between them in terms of qualities, and then it comes down to my experience and my judgment. But before we get to that stage, information for me is everything, and not just the room transfers, but every decision I make. When I start, I start a living. People make their judgments, but they have a tent for the information I have when I make that decision. You know, in brackets should be even though we'll all still moan. Um, maybe if they had all the information I had, then they would come to the same uh, conclusion. You need to have good people around you and a good scout network and a good recruitment area, uh, which we have now with Mark Lawwell. They, they do all that work in terms of gathering information and then we make that decision. I think that's music to everyone's ears because over the past you know, few years, especially under Neil Lennon, um, you know, Nicky Hammond and and whatever else here, you never really heard snippets like this come out. It kind of just looked as if you were putting chalk and cheese together. But this, you know, when it initially came out, people were saying, oh, Peter Lowell still got a hand in this and whatnot. But then you, you read into Angie's comments and Mark Lowell having previously worked a feature in the J-League at Yokohama and, you know, got a sense of, you know, this is something the manager's happy about. And uh, as long as it works, it, it should be beneficial for the club. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is it is music to our ears, but it's also you know it, it's also common sense when you really think about it to have as much information as possible on you know potential players, potential coaching staff, potential managers, and then when, once you have all that in front of you, then can only then can you make a decision. Um, you know, you're right. It's it, sometimes it is chalk and cheese. You know, we we re-signed Elanusi on loan and then started playing a three-five-two um, in that COVID season, so. You know, a lot of the decisions sometimes don't make sense. But once once you, I mean, obviously behind the scenes, they have all the information available to them. But once you do have all this information available to you, decisions begin to make sense. And obviously the decision making from Ange has been almost spot on since he came in the door. Um, we've achieved tremendous results. Um, so full faith in him for the remainder of the season and for as long as he's going to be here. Because, um, you know, the model's working just now and, He's a he's a fantastic man to have it have at the helm. 
He is a fantastic man to have in the helmet. And Lawrence, it's it's a repetition of, you know, links with other jobs um, right away, you know, because Celtic's going to Sydney and they're going to play against Everton on Sunday. It was all Ange Postacoglu's top of their, their wish list. Um, but the, probably the most interesting one that, that came out today that I know that, that Dan Orlovitz put up um, from the press in Japan was Ange Postacoglu getting linked with the, the, the Japanese international job. Um that's something I think we could maybe tempt him in, in later years, but you know, hopefully from our perspective, he's here for the long haul. I think he is, and I don't think he'll be too swayed by you know the, the top job at Japan just now. I know that maybe a job that might interest him in later years, but you know he, he's spoken so much about getting this opportunity and chance to eventually use uh, move to European football. Previously, having managed you know the, the, the Socceroos, I think you want a, a longer haul um, shot at. at you know, European football rather than going back into international management. Yeah, I'd agree. I could see him going back to international management. You know, I don't think Ange will be here forever. I think he'll be here for another three or four years. I'd expect him to deliver, you know, continued success during that time. But you can see why clubs down south are interested in him. It's an exciting, attacking brand of football. He, the players he finds, there's no doubt he gets value for money. So he's been successful wherever he's, he's been. So why wouldn't a club want that from a manager? So, you know, it's a compliment that people would say, you know, yeah, Ange, you know, we, we like him. It's much better than having a manager that no one would want. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I know that Hajime Mori asked you, I don't know how his. Um, relationship is with the, the the Japanese international supporters but as a lot of Celtic supporters especially after Saturday Patrick I think even more dismayed that Rio Hitati never made uh, his team so they're going to be a hell of a watch if there's better players in the team than Rio Hitati but just to, to turn to some of these comments here um, Beach Boys coming in to say I think these comments put to bed that Ange had a wee black book with Jota, Abada, Gigi, etc. names in it and knew all about them and he was doing everything other people deserve credit also Um that has been something that, you know, the grand picture of Celtic at this point in time, Patrick, um, that there obviously has been scouting put in place but before the manager's arrival and he ultimately gets the, the final decision. But that's been the most important point in this as he's a person, you know, he, he speaks about sifting through information. Um, you know, Georges Yakimakis could have possibly been presented to another Celtic manager before, maybe not have fancied him. The same could be said for others. Um, Leal Labada also. Um his experience is so so important and his knowledge of the wider game you know in world football because he's hinted at looking at other markets it looks as if we're going to return back to the J League um, Fuki to, to, to come in in January but you know there's still potential for the manager to look elsewhere and this World Cup possibly could, could do that with, with some gems that, that he may already have known about we know he's spoken about Iran before um, it's usually the only kind of time I'm up to date with any kind of current Iran players is at a World Cup but there's still potential for that to happen. And if Lawrence is, is right, and I hope he is, because he's called a few d- decent uh, calls over the past couple of years, um, if Andrew's around for three or four years, it's an exciting time still to be a Celtic fan because we're not at the end of this journey, really. We're, we're still quite fresh and early into it. Yeah, um, and you know, the, the comments that he made about the transfers, it, it certainly seems as if he, he wants to be here for a long time. Um, you know, he's already talked about the summer. If you're signing players in the summer, presumably you want to use them for the following season, you know. So, I think we're going to have at least another twelve months of Ange. Um, I'm hoping for at least four years. Um, that would be good. 
Um, but uh, just to go back, well, no, I think Ange, you know, there was a lot of talk about extending his deal when we when we won the league at the end of last season. And I think he sort of, he didn't really skirt around the question, but he basically said, I'm happy here. And, you know, the contract I've got, I'm quite happy with. And I think basically he will leave when he wants to leave. And, you know, he sort of made that decision in Japan as well. He, he sort of decided he was getting a bit tired and a bit, you know, he wanted a new challenge and he was going to leave anyway. And then sort of Celtic came in from. So uh, he certainly I made think the, Angel... the decision with the Socceroos when he wanted to leave. <laughs> you can see for that Jackson Irvin interview. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think Angel leave when he thinks, you know, that he, can, he can't challenge himself anymore at Celtic. And, you know, I hope that's a long time in the future. But uh, just going back to that Everton link, um, I, I mean, it's obviously very, you know, it's all paper talk at this stage, but I, that's not a team I don't think Andrew would leave us for. You know, I think they change their manager quite frequently. Um, you know, I know people say that, you know, the first season's a bit ropey with Andrew. You know, we sort of get quite lucky. It was only really the first two or three months that results were a bit iffy. And even then, performances, you could still see we were playing quite well. Mm. If you go to a team like Everton, you're not going to get the full control that you got at Celtic. They go through managers, they could easily sack you if you're having a bad couple of months. Um, I don't think that's the type of team that Andrew would go to, in my opinion. But um, no, it, it's good that he's he's going to be here for the long haul uh, because, you know, we had a great season last season. It's shaped him up to be a great season this season. And as he says, we never stop and we're only going to get stronger. Yeah, and it'd be the timing of that kind of deal, you know, anything around Everton just now who I've stuck with Frank Lampard at this point in time, you've hit the nail on the head there where, you know, when Ange decided to leave, he probably will leave, but I don't think he would leave you hanging in the lurch um, like a previous Celtic manager has done midway through a season um, and would make sure that everything is well in place. Uh, to, to make sure that success is c- continued on. Um, to bring in some of these, these comments here, Big Red, um, to say, answer an interview saying he wouldn't take the Australian team just now. Uh, so I think that's put to bed the Japanese team, considering he tried so hard getting to Europe. David Ferguson coming in here to say, and just here till he wins a major European trophy. That is something that Martin O'Neill, uh, Lawrence's old mate there, was chatting about last week, um, that he thinks that Celtic, there's no reason why Celtic couldn't do that. And we've got Paul coming in here to say that Ange mentioned the Greek national side as an ambition before, but he is here and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's going to be linked. To, I think it's a good sign of where Celtic's at just through success-wise that he's been linked with so many jobs. Um, it tells you everything you need to know about him. But, you know, Patrick, I think you're right. And Lawrence, I'll throw that over to you. You know, the English Premier League is a whirlwind with managers. There's stability just about Celtic. It looks as if he has full control of the, the, the team on the park and you know there's still boxes I think that he would want to tick off while he's here Yeah I, I think Ange will go when he you know considers it's no longer challenging he's delivered success you know a league cup and a, 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 a championship I'm not too sure that's you know the pinnacle of Ange or you know or his time at Celtic I think he's got far greater ambitions mm-hmm. and he you know Europe, definitely. You, know, I, I think you know whether it's winning a European trophy or, or making his regular after Christmas, getting to a semi-final or a final. You know, I, I think it's having that style of football delivering on a European stage. It's what would be success for him. That might just be you know a semi-final, but if 
if he gets to a couple of semi-finals in a row, he may be going, you know what, I'm proving that my football can work at this level. Because, you know, he is so single-minded in his way of playing football. He wants to prove this is the right way. You know, and yeah, it's a cracking stage for him to do it on. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Champions League football, you've got another chance at that if you go and win the league this year again and you know I think everybody in the comments here to bring in Ryan Kelly saying further progress in Europe will be key for us keeping Ange longer um, Patrick you know those Martin old comments last week were quite interesting um, at, at times you know he's people have, have said you know he's a manager from the past that the game's changed and whatnot but you know his knowledge in football is you know exemplary to anybody um, he's won the pinnacle in the European Cup and whatever I mean Martin speaks you listen and you know before I think you'd maybe say that those days of possibly reaching a European final are gone for Celtic you have that opportunity firstly but they added extra competition in the conference um, not that that's where we probably see ourselves playing football but that, that competition is there but there's been other teams with similar budgets to Celtic working in the same uh, ballpark uh, Celtic that's got there and with a good structure in place and you know planning ahead and everything else that we've been chatting about there for the past 20 minutes with regards to transfers operating if somebody comes out you replace them right away and whatever else if you have that stability in place for a few years there's no reason why Celtic can't do that and the opportunity there presents you with getting into the Champions League if you can make it to that third place spot and then see where it takes you after that and again what could the draw and everything else will be in that mix? Yeah, I mean, not to give you all PTSD, but we're all a Kevin Trapp save away from a Glasgow team winning the Europa League uh, very recently. So it's definitely possible to get to a final. Um, you know, obviously a massive amount of luck involved uh, in that particular run, but you need a bit of luck uh, when you're winning these when you're winning these competitions. Um, I said when we dropped out of the Europa League that we could quite easily go on and be the inaugural winners of the Europa Conference League. As you say, I don't see us playing our football there. You know, we'd have to go into the Europa League group stages to start with, um, and therefore we'd have to finish second and fail in the Champions League qualifiers. So I'd rather we didn't do that. But you know, to to reach the Champions League group stages again next year, bank that money. Um, you know, we've already we're already building for the summer. Um, so if we can secure that money, spend it. And then, you know, try and get European football after Christmas. Probably third place in the Europa League and sort of see where we can build from there. Um, because I think, you know, definitely Ange is the type of person who he will see that as his ambition. You know, I don't think there's a, a boredom or a naivety with, the, with the winning the league. You know, everyone knows that that's the bread and butter and it's the gateway to Europe. But at the same time, it's a hurdle that Ange has already, you know, accomplished. You know, we've already sort of got that in the bank. Um, you know, do we want to go down the path of treble after treble? As nice as it is, what is the sort of what is the progression there of uh, winning? You know, three Scottish trophies every year. You know, you're not going to be competing with the best of the best in Europe if you do that. You know, I'd love us to win a treble this season. I'd love us to win a treble every season. But I think in terms of progressing the club, you definitely need to look at Europe, and I think that's where Andrew will be looking. Yeah, and there's going to be, you know, Lawrence major changes coming to European football 2024. Um, I was just pulling those up there on my phone there. You know, that, that Swiss model when it kind of goes into the, the big table, 
and whatever else, um, which might give Celtic that, that chance. You know, Patrick's already mentioned there the Europa League is a possible uh, gateway to, to that success, but it's just about you know being in the competition firstly and then seeing where it gets you to. And this season, for me, I think it was a great learning stone for, for the, the players involved in the team. There's a lot to, to be remembered, you know, for guys like Matt O'Reilly, Rio Hitati, and others who just, you know, hadn't played anywhere near that level before. Yeah. yeah. No Champions League, who did we have experience? Joe Hart, Callum for a bit of it, Jamesy. There wasn't a lot of guys with Champions League experience. It's going to stand them in good stead. Also, you know, the amount of chances we created was like 80 odd shots or something and you know, although we've only taken three of them or we've only scored three and it was on goal but uh, yeah we'll look at that I think 14 chances at the Bernabeu we should be doing better so hopefully it gives them belief in what Ange is doing again you know Ange is going to look to improve that team next season you know for me you know I'd be spending the money up front so you know if you get that amount of chances and you're not taking them at that level. An easy way to kind of sort it out is get somebody better up top that will take a, you know, the more difficult chances. I'll be interested to see where Ange looks to invest his money. You know, if Juranovic goes, obviously you'll need a right back. We'll get a centre half coming in. Don't see too much other tunnel at the first team squad, so that so this is probably going to be the a bit of a luxury for Ange. You know, he had to rebuild an entire squad, get two players in for each position. Now he's looking at his team and going, well, I can afford to maybe only spend this on one or two players. I can get them in at the right calibre. So I'll be interested to see where he looks to change. Is it another number 10? Is it striker? You know, I'd definitely like to see he's bringing a, 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 a top striker. You know, Imagine Bellamy in this team or someone like, you know, that can score goals like that. It'd be, it'd be outstanding to watch. Yeah, um, that, that is interesting because it's about kind of progressing to maybe what you would describe as that next level um, that when you bring in maybe just it's two players at six million each or whatever else and it just takes your team to that maybe be extra step um, that you're needing but it'll be interesting to see how we do that um, and the, the cupboard windows to just bring in some other comments here um, Patrick my old music teacher's coming in here to say it's sad that the mentality is it many consider Celtic uh, a stepping stone I think Anne sees us not in that light but as an annual force in Europe which is something I think you know he wants to deliver um, himself you know everybody speaks about Ange Postecoglou getting it as much as I think he would enjoy success in European level standards he wants to continually see Celtic be at that level um, the changes post 2024 might be beneficial for the club um, off the top of my head I can't remember too much detail to them I know there's kind of uh, places based in historical um aspects and whatnot but you know with the competition changing it'll be interesting to see how that either benefits or hinders Celtic but at the same time Ange Postecoglou will be looking at it to try and you know I think a lot of this is about him creating a legacy at Celtic too and he can do that in the next few years Yeah you know he's always he's always spoken about you know uh, going on a journey in football and you know creating good memories and then being able to take people with you is just you know that's what it's all about for him and he's obviously done that at Celtic so far and he obviously wants to do that and continue to do that um, you know I, I can't remember which player said it but basically that there's not many teams in Europe that get 60,000 and, and have the chance to play in the Champions League every year you know 
there aren't many teams in Europe that can offer that to a player. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate how good a sell we are to players at times and how, how we can attract players uh, to the club. Um, you know, just going back to Europe a bit, it is a bit of a double-edged sword because obviously the coefficient has sort of been boosted the last few years with both teams playing in the Europa League. Uh, with both teams in the Champions League this year, it's been you know sort of hampered a bit, and then obviously it's been divided by five different teams, and you know Hearts have actually get more wins I think uh, than most of the other teams. But you know what we are making, we, we need to take advantage of the money while we get it, you know, because we we get we go straight into the group stage again next season for winning the league. So we need to make sure that, that we win the league, um, and we need to make sure we build and use that money wisely so that we can compete and we can get European football after Christmas. And we can, you know, compete in the Europa League um, because we know that we're capable. You know, teams like Bordeaux Clump can get the quarterfinals, so why can't Celtic? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there is other teams, uh, examples in place there. Don't get drawn too much in them, you know. And, you know, mentioned Ajax, everybody was on it, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he cleared it up. Um but it's interesting to see because, you know, other teams have made that progression. Whether Celtic can get to that point uh, is another question. Um, but, but Lawrence, you know, Michael's come in here and he's maybe been a bit challenging. Uh, the sentiment sort of expressed it asking, you know, he believes that Andrew will go for the user and that will not open up our budget to match his ambitions. Do you think that's changed at, at the club since his arrival? Well, I suppose as Ange, traditionally a checkbook manager, you know, the environments he's operated in previously that that's not been the case so maybe there would be a change in Ange and that's what it becomes and therefore we need to extend our budget and we're going to have a ceiling you know, we most rely on ticket revenue rather than TV revenue so there will be you know, a ceiling to that if someone was to come in and say Ange come here and you can spend 500 million a season and that's Ange's dream then maybe but I don't see him as that kind of manager, you know, he talks about developing players. You know, I, I don't see someone that's just going to go because he's going to get huge checkbook uh, to spend. And I was listening to John Park's comments saying, you know, there, there is value for money out there. Another guy who, who said at the time Celtic were way ahead of the time having their own analysis department and then the amount that they've done. And, you know, but remember, players like, obviously, Musa, Van Dijk, Wanyama, you know, players like that that came in through that system so you know in, in part reckons there's still value out there I know yeah, Ange just said that as well there's still value out there so I, I wouldn't see him uh, due to frustrations with the budget has a budget uh, lifted with the recent changes I would say we seem to get players in earlier you know we're not waiting to, to the last minute but I don't know how much of that's down to the budget and how much of that's down to the manager. So, look, no, I want the players in earlier. I'm not going to hold off and see what I can get. So, it could be a bit of both. But, no, I wouldn't see Angel leaving just because he's going to get more money spent. Yeah, but I think he's pretty content at this point in time, Patrick, and I don't really... I hope that's not going to be an issue um, going forward. But obviously, there's a lot, you know, I can understand why people still have that perspective. You know, you only need to go back a year to and bankers comments in Celtic European football to make you maybe think twice um, just where we're hitting the hour mark I want to just get this out here and bring it up Axom has two tickets uh, two standard tickets for this event um, by one star 
all you have to do is subscribe while you're there. Just give the, the video a wee like. Um, and all existing subscribers will also go into the draw. So that should be a cracking night there um, to, to celebrate the team um, that, that stopped the 10 uh, 25 years ago. Um, quite incredible. So there we go. Um, that's that out there. So if you're already subscribing to Axom and a state of mind, you'll be entered into the draw. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the channel. It's how we can bring you free content and continue to bring you free content. Our latest videos up there with Jim Ward speaking about Seville with some unseen footage um, which you know he touches on some of the, the points that we've spoken about and here about you know managers leaving uh, maybe not being happy uh, with the budget um, with players of high quality standards maybe sticking around the club to try and build that legacy with uh, in terms of Henrik so those are out there um, please do subscribe to the video and get yourself in for that draw um, Let's let's go to Sydney and um, let's go all the way over to Australia. I know a couple of boys that are over there. My big pal Paul Byers has made the trip. I see there's also a bus running from Western Australia to Eastern Australia, which is quite incredible. I saw that on Twitter today. Somebody put it in. It's something like a 44 hour trip um, to make it by bus. So um, hats off to those folks doing that. Lawrence, I think it's quite interesting going into this that we've got these two games. We're going to play Sydney and then we're going to play Everton. Um, how strong do you imagine the manager is going to go? We know all about this block on, on players leaving, um, which I think was the right decision. I know Kenny Douglas just came out in the press to say he believes it was the right decision. I, I imagine we're going to go with two pretty strong teams here when we, we play these two games. What's your thoughts on it all? Yeah, certainly for, for the first 60 minutes anyway, I'd expect it to be strong teams in them. You know, you want to work on a few things over there as well. You know, he's obviously taking Rocco Vata. Uh, Wilson Lowell Robertson as well so I'd like to see uh, Rocco getting a bit of game time whether you know it's 10 or 20 minutes towards the end of, of a game because he's certainly been in, impressing at the level he's at but yeah I think definitely the first 60 minutes he'd be, be going all, all out and he'd maybe leave, leave the latter part parts of the game to try some stuff but uh, yeah I, I think it's going to be strong teams uh, that will start anyway Patrick, what's, what's your take on uh, Rocco Vata, Scott Robertson and, and Boson Labo going? Do you see them getting some game time? I know it was something I had the, the chance to talk to the manager after the game on Saturday um, and Matt Core asked him that question and he says, you know, he's always looking to try and uh, do that. Um, this could be that opportunity. You know that Rocco Vata, certainly those three, has been the one that's been most impressing in the B team. Uh, we've seen him feature in pre-season and, uh, you know, Boston level as well, you know, we can being away at the World Cup, it could be a chance for him to come into the team and get some uh, first team experience once again Yeah, I mean, it is a long trip, so I don't think they'd take them for nothing so, definitely, you know I think they're going to get on the pitch at some point it's just a matter of how long for um, you know, I'm not sure about the quality of the first team we're playing, but you know Everton, you know, hopefully we'll take it as seriously as we will, play a, play a strong 11 um, and yeah, as Lauren says, maybe, you know, first half, first 60 minutes, make it a really competitive game and then sort of rotate and keep the fitness up for the rest of the players in the, the last 30 minutes and just sort of treat it as a friendly, if you if you get what I mean, you know, like a bit of a pre-season game, different 11s uh, for each half. Um, but, you know, I don't think we're taking them over there for nothing. Um, you know, on one hand, it's definitely a selling point. We're wanting to sort of showcase Ange and Celtic um, to... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To Australia and the world, it's a, you know, it's very much a sort of tourist event, a sort of commercial sort of marketing uh, exercise uh, to uh, grow our image, but at the same time, as two friendly games, so you need to just sort of get these guys game time, get them playing against you know two quality opposition. I think there's some players, you know, see attacks Ivanovic, Oliver Abelgard, who'll benefit off it. Um, especially Abelgard coming in late, we've not seen him probably feature maybe as often as we'd like to have. They, they didn't get a lot of minutes with the manager, you know, during the summer. Um, Haxabanovic and Saturday said after the game that he was feeling good, but. You know, players are what to continue that momentum, Lawrence, and having these two games. I know them are going to have a wee bit of a break over to Portugal. We've got one game organised against Reigns. Whether we'll have another game after that um, is still to be decided. But it'll be you'd in a way for that momentum to be carried on because even though you know rotation has been something that the managers did so well since coming back at the beginning of October, um, you'll still want to keep that balance of momentum and players getting minutes. Yeah, definitely. You know, I suppose when you look at the games, every, you know, I just said, you know, in Scotland, every, every game's must win, you know. <laughs> he doesn't know a game that he can choose not to go for the three points in, in Scotland. So this is his chance to try people out. And you're, you're thinking, Vata really needs to get some game time. Look at the last guy, the, the bit of height, Ben Doak, he's now doing really well for Liverpool and signed a professional contract. Yeah. You don't want that to be happening with Rocco Vata. So you need to be showing him a pathway. And the opportunity in Australia is just to do that. And, you know, Australia and the friendlies afterwards is to do that. Here's your pathway, go out and press. You know what? See if he slots into the side. It gives Ange something to think about. If he slots in and performs well, it's giving him another option, isn't it? There's nothing to say. You know, at Celtic Park, he might not make the bet. You know, could be on the bench. You know, if a three up with 20 to go, Ange mm-hmm. might just go, you know what? Yeah, get that on. Let's see, see if he's got it in the SPL. So I think... This could be, you know, a great opportunity for Vata to, to show what he can do alongside the first team. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
and you brought in that, that doke link to it and that, that leads us on well to here. Um, Patrick, I'm going to bring in Gary Oliver's comment to say we need to start giving Vata game time. Uh, the Vultures are already circling as a, he's creative and gets goals, game time and a new deal and get a few years out of him before selling for a good fee. Do you see similarities already with this with, with Ben Doak? Now, I think a lot of Celtic fans are saying that, you know, getting that opportunity to move to, to Liverpool was just too much for him to turn down. He sees he's went down and he's made a real success of it. He's been playing in the Reserve Premier League. He's been impressive in the UEFA Youth League um, forever to, uh, for, for Liverpool. Um, wrong Merseyside club there. He's been impressive in that competition. At the age of 16, 17, he's already been called up to Scotland under-21s. Um, he's played twice for them and he's scored already for them. And of course, he, he got to meet his competitive debut for Liverpool off the bat uh, against Derby. He was on the bench at the weekend against Southampton and then he goes and signs a professional contract. The pathway's there for him at Liverpool at this point in time. Do, do you see similarities in what Celtic need to do with Rocco Vata? Or, or is it that the structure to create that pathway isn't just there at this point in time? You know, a lot of people were saying that to retain players, that the opposition that they're playing against in the Lowland League, you know, isn't the standard that they, they need. And you know, people who support Lowland League sides will be saying, "Well, Celtic's not won the league, so you can't use that as an excuse." But people will be looking at the challenge that Ben Doak might be getting in the Premier League too, for instance, or the Under 18 Premier League, and saying far better challenge for him um, to eventually get into that Liverpool team than, than what some of the guys are, have got just now. What is your overall take on the, the bigger picture here between Doak and? And Vatten any similarities you maybe see? Yeah, so Doak, I think I said this at the time, or I said it when he left. Um, I don't think there's a lot Celtic could have done to keep Doak. Um, we offered him a new deal. Uh, we gave him game time. We brought him on in a derby game uh, in February. Uh, you know, he was on the bench. He, he came on in a few games. Not sure what else we can offer him, um, apart from playing him every week and... I think we're like one point clear at that time with 15 games to go. Um, no offence, but you can't be doing that with a 16-year-old. Uh, just, you know, no matter what standard he's playing at, I don't think you can, you know, drop guys like Jota and play a 16-year-old uh, when you're in a title race. Um, seasons like now, you know, when you're rotating, um, you know, it, you know, Ab Abel Guard's a lone player. Uh, whether we get him permanently or not, I'm not too sure. I don't think he's he's done enough to merit us paying money from. Um, you know, if if we're going to play loan players, if you have a loan player and you're not going to sign him, I definitely prefer to play a youth player. But then you've got guys like Jota, Haksabanovic, Abada, Forrest. You've got so many guys in that wing position. Um, you've got guys up front. You've got like two quality players in every position in the Celtic team. So the pathway is a lot harder, but. Obviously, that's that's the only thing you're going to do to keep these guys, to show them that there is a pathway into that first team and to show them that they will continue to develop at the club. Because if they're turning 19, 20, 21 and they're still not getting a first team game, then you know the chances most likely already passed them by. Uh, so at the age of 17, 18, they've got big decisions to make. And it's a, it's a catch-22 for Celtic. You either need to start playing 17 and 18-year-olds regularly or you let big clubs like Liverpool poach them for next to nothing. Um, and it really is a difficult situation. And guys like Rocco Vata, I mean, if they're impressing Liverpool, then maybe they are good enough to, to play a part in the Celtic first team. But it, it's a it's a very tricky balance to, to strike um, because 
I don't, I don't envy the manager picking the team every week, that's for sure. Lawrence, what's your take on that? I think Patrick probably hits it on the head for, for me in that, that, you know, in a title race to possibly bring in a 16-year-old at that time might have been, you know, criticised by by fans. Um, you see a young player like Lee Alabada brought in who was, you know, automatically probably ahead of Ben Doak in that team. Do, do you believe that Celtic could have done much more to keep Ben Doak or was it just too difficult? You know, Patrick talks about that catch, 22 position at the clubs with Ben, much Robert Highlands coming in to say he believes it's basically a, a use them or lose them situation. I think it's maybe a, like many things in life, a question of timing. You know, fans have been in maybe a year before, Doak might have stayed. I think Doak's looked at and think, how, how many guys are actually making it to the first team from where I am? There's also, listen, the money comes in here, you know, it's £20,000 a week or something, it's going to let you know. There's chat that he gave some property to, or they gave some property to Doak's family. We get set for life, isn't it? So, there was a lot of things coming in. If he had been established in the Celtic first team or he had had 20 games under him, maybe he could have seen a way and then he need to have sat down with his agent and decided what was best. You know, we've seen players do it, not have come all the way through, but, but look at this side, you know, he decided it was, it was best to stay at Celtic for a while. You know, there was interest in, but he, you know, he wanted that other season. So, it's a bit of a mixture of things. They've got to see the opportunities there. They've got to be getting relevant game time. Yeah, yeah. Also, Depends how much money's an offer elsewhere uh, compared to what Celtic could pay. But I think we don't probably couldn't have done, done much more at the time. You know, we, we couldn't have con- convinced him. Uh, you know, his previous few years' experience at a club. You know, when he wasn't seeing people getting through, it's, it's a hard mindset to change and say, you know, oh, we've got a new manager. Uh, you know, he's got a reputation for developing players. Sorry, it's saying that, but actually watching him doing it with guys like. Abada, he's developing Taylor, you know, he's given Ralston another chance and if he goes over to Australia and he gives that a chance and then starts playing around the team, other other boys, you know, that come up through the ranks will be able to say that and go, you know what, Ange actually does do this. Yeah, it's, you know, possibly people are saying maybe this season might be the chance to, to, to bring in those players, Patrick. I think they'll be saying that due to the gap that's possible already in place and they'll be hoping that it grows, but it's very difficult when you're in a neck and neck title race, and you know I, I touched on Ajax earlier on, and you know that was something that Postecoglou alluded to, and you know he backtracked, and you know what he was basically saying. But you know them being a club that basically hit the pause button, don't win anything, and then you have all these players come through. Celtic just can't do that, so you need to have a balance with it. Um, and looking at Doak this season, he's played 16 times in all different youth level for Liverpool, eight goals, six assists. He's making a real fair go at down there um, and it probably won't be long until we see him eventually get some minutes in the park for, for Liverpool in the Premier League but I think Lawrence would possibly right there it's all about timing with some people coming in at the team um, and it just you know when you're caught maybe in the middle of a title race and you've got that that temptation there it's a bit difficult to probably keep a running around the place but you know you would hope that he's maybe the last of that generation that you'll, you'll lose um, would be that kind of situation yeah, um, what Lawrence says is spot on as well. You know, if he's on 20 grand a week at 16, you know, giving his parents a, a house or whatever, some sort of property, my mind immediately jumps to, when he came on in the derby, when we beat them 3 nothing in February, uh, the unique angle shows the full-time whistle, and Ryan Jack almost does him. He almost, you know, stamps on him and could do him a nasty injury. 
this is a 29 year old, 20 injured, a, a 16 year old guy making his debut or making his second appearance. He came on against Dundee United. Um, if, if he's almost getting a nasty injury at 16, um, two games into his career, and then Liverpool off from 20 grand a week for the next four years and give his mum and dad a house, then there's very little Celtic can do about that because if we give a 16 year old 20 grand a week, then our wage structure is totally out the window. Because the, the guys playing week in, week out are going to be demanding about 50 grand. So, you know, if if there weren't so many hatchet men like Ryan Jack in the league constantly trying to injure people, you know, maybe maybe youngsters would think twice about sticking around. Yeah, you never know. Um, league structures and whatever else are probably always coming into this conversation. It's, it's one to, you know, see how it goes, I think, with everything that happens. In terms of uh, wheelings and dealings with, with, with football, um, but you know, Lawrence, you've been a champion of, of Scott Robertson, and, and he's a player who you know exceeded pretty well down south. Really unlucky with that injury and whatever else. Do you see him eventually ever getting that chance to, to break into the, the team? We've had that really good conversation about Rocco Vata. You know, with Boston Labo, you, you maybe think that you know bringing in a younger, you know, another young centre half from, from Japan maybe indicates that. His progression made to the first team might not be for a while, but you know Scott Robertson won. But we've seen him make his competitive debut for Celtic. But will it, you know, happen for Scott Robertson? You know that number six position is really, really congested at Celtic Park. You know you've got Gucci, who I think will probably move on if he doesn't do anything this season. You've got Abelgard and Lone. You've got Riley showing he can play there pretty well. You've got Cal come back. James McCarthy here. I think for Scott Robertson again, it's timing and it's just. Yeah, I, I, I think that he's someone we're going to move on. You know, I know Callum didn't break in. You know, Callum went Notts County. We almost sold him to Carlisle United. It was kind of 21 before he, 21-22 before he really started playing. So, Robertson, yeah, if he gets some game time in Australia and really impresses Ange, how many people has he got to get a header to get that number six berth? You know, I don't think he's going to get in a header really. Callum will be back soon. Probably not ahead of him. Abelgard, kind of Patrick, I'm going, but Abelgard, what's the point in what I've seen so far? You know, it's, you really need to see more before you can make a judgment on keeping, but you can actually have got the number six is at the pubs. And if Abelgard's the guy that, you know, Ange decides is that going to be, be here long term, I suppose the people further down like your train Robertson that probably spends, spells there. The end for them. I think you know Robertson's a bit, bit older than Vata, so yeah, it, it's been giving them the chance a bit earlier and keep them and develop them earlier. He's impressed with his way on loan. I don't really see he's done anything wrong when he's played for the first team. You know, I think he's always scored, scored at least a seven out of ten. So do you think that's, do you think that's again what you're saying about timing for for players whenever they can maybe get that chance? Yeah, you, you could have maybe could have been doing with a manager that maybe the wee bit more faith. He's come in, he's done well. You know what? leave him in there for a bit but you know it it didn't happen but Robertson's yeah I think he'll have a good career I think he's a decent level I just don't think it's going to be with Celtic yeah um, it's one you know, I would agree with that Patrick you know what Lawrence says there again it's probably down to time and again and it's just about whenever you maybe break uh, into the, the first team and whatnot. Um kind of looking ahead from Sydney Portugal we come back it's kind of 
quite crazy to think about, you know, having missed Callum McGregor for so long and our, our, our team and it'll come back into it. What, what's been your overall take, Patrick? You know, you, you've been away for a few weeks with the position that Matt O'Reilly's taken in the team because I think he's had some top performances playing on that kind of pivot role for Celtic. Um, and some people think that he's, you know, played some of his... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Better football for Celtic there. I would still say I would prefer them in more of that kind of playmaker role, a bit more advanced. But what's your whole take on it? Because Callum McGregor is going to come back into the team how do you see those two now complementing each other back to, to where they were at before? I think it took him a game or two to get used to. I think, um, was it the St Johnson game in between the two Leipzig games and then Leipzig at home? Um, I thought he was a bit, you know, obviously he looked out of sorts because he's playing a totally different position. But ever since then, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. You know, um, what was the game recently was brilliant? Was it when we scored in the last minute? I can't remember. It was like, like last weekend, the home game, 5th of November. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was so good, I've forgotten who we were playing. Uh, but no, I think he'll return to his natural position because, you know, he's up there with a striker um, pressing the back line of whatever opposition we're playing. Um, and he's really good at doing it. Um, you know, we, we went into Shakhtar with two strikers and it, it didn't really work, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think Kyle Gonyak and Marcus definitely aren't used to playing with each other. Um, but I think you know O'Reilly behind them uh, definitely is is our strongest. It's our strongest way of playing, if you get what I mean. Um, so you know when Callum does come back in, I think he'll slot right back into where he normally plays, uh, and that's it. Midfielder role, and O'Reilly will move back up, sort of almost next to the striker. Uh, certainly when we're off the ball, anyway. But I, I, after you know one or two shaky games, I thought he's been absolutely brilliant in that position. Yeah, I, I think he's been he's played very well there. But you know, Lawrence, they shift a wee bit of attention um, because we're not really sporting about the weekend at all with this real Hitati, What a performance again at the weekend! And you know, Celtic continually show that when you're up against these defences that are blocked, um, that you know are so so hard to break down, it, it can be really really difficult. But Hitati produces that real moment of magic. Yeah, Hitati great against. You know, the weekend it's difficult to break down. You know, they didn't find it so hard to fall down. You know, and talk about Riley, but they take the ball off the player that's putting Kogo through one on one, and the ref sees a free kick that wasn't there. You, you know, it's got to be really hard for the, the team to play against, you know, especially the, the styles are all about keeping the intensity up. If a defender falls over, it seems to be a free kick against Celtic. You know, the stats really don't lie, do they? You, you know, it's. 14 fouls against Celtic, five against Ross County. They did, what, 22% of the ball or something? There's something really bizarre goes on, isn't there? Uh, their players falling over in the box with defenders. It's a free kick. Anthony Ralston, two-handed shove in the back of the box. Does it even go for a far review? Uh, it, it's just absolutely bizarre, the, the, the refereeing performances and... Uh, Obviously, Michael Nicholson came out after the Motherwell game, and I, I think that's as close as you know. And said, look, people aren't going to have confidence in, in VAR if that's the type of image you use to prove your point. Can, 
Just remember, you know, they have to pro prove that the author was offside. It wasn't proved that he was onside, it's proved that he was off. And I, I think him saying, you know, people aren't going to have confidence is, I don't have confidence. I think they're cheating. I think that's as close as he can get to say, I think they're cheating, you know, being a, the CEO at Celtic. So, yeah, you know, the weekend was good, somewhat hampered by utterly bizarre referee. Utterly bizarre. Patrick, do you think that this break or, or give us a chance for, for well, give us, give them a chance to deflect and, you know, their use of VAR in the weeks we weren't expecting VAR to be used at all. I like you, you know, went from Hatati into refereeing yeah. decisions, but, you know, the game again, Lawrence, you know, I remember we said before this was introduced at Tynecastle, we didn't want to be talking about it, you know, every week, but here we are, it's, you know, it's been a talking point and it's been a talking point in games when we've won. I think I always say that it's important to mention it then because you're not trying to say, you know, that's to blame. Um, but Patrick, do you think that this has been a good thing that it's been used earlier? I mean, but they have a chance to deflect and, you know, look at decisions made or is it the case that, you know, we've not been on since last week. If you look at the offside goal, it's the technology still isn't there in terms of the cameras and whatnot. And unless you've got everything in place to do it, it shouldn't be touched. What's your overall take mm -hmm. it been? Uh, there's no way that they can... I mean, I'm assuming they've judged the draw to offside from the angle that they showed live on TV. And there's no way that you can accurately judge that from the angle that was shown. Um, again, this isn't even about VAR. This is more about refereeing, but especially with the introduction of VAR, just because it's happened so recently, there should be some sort of interview process or some sort of report uh, uploaded online about why decisions were made. Why was, um, I can't remember the harsh player's name, I think it's Michael Smith, the handball. Yeah. It, it, his arm's out to his, to his left-hand side. It hits his hand and there's no penalty. The following week, uh, Burnaby is jumping. Burnaby jumps, he puts his hand to his outside to, to sort of head the ball. The guy, the Dundee United player in front of him, does the exact same thing. The ball strikes his hand, but that is a penalty. So, what is it? I mean, are these... Is, are we meant to believe that Bernabe's is unnatural and Michael Smith's is natural? Because it's it's a very similar decision. And then, again, with technology, how can you possibly use VAR if you're looking at it from, you know, Hamilton when you're playing in Motherwell? Uh, the camera was so far away, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, so I think th there needs to be explanations. I know you're putting referees in a very... Because they're not professional and because they're not really asking to be put in the spotlight, but they've been put in the spotlight every single week. I mean, these are decisions that can cost clubs. If we're talking about Champions League qualification, you're talking about costing clubs you know, £10, £20 million. Pounds. A bit of accountability is needed, and I'd quite like referees to come out and explain why they gave the decisions that they did, especially because they've now got screens where they can look back in their decisions and overrule their own decisions. I, th I don't think that's a big ask. I just think like a match report or some sort of interview, I think that would that would be really, really helpful. That's been something that Lawrence has been championing for, for a long, long time but before the introduction of R is that accountability process being brought in and it's still not there. Lawrence, do you think that this, you know, is a blessing in disguise that they're going to have a chance to pause reflecting decisions made or is it is the same ineptitude just going to carry on because it's not improving at all and, and if anything, the technology being used is just highlighting how bad the standard of refereeing is in the country. Yeah, you know, it used to be honest mistakes. Now it's, uh, you know, the, the Hawkeye technology itself, it was, oh, the camera was pointing the wrong way. You know, it's just, it's just ludicrous to say that. You know, 
really, you know, you've got six cameras and that was the best camera angle you had. You know, and it was for me to prove he was offside. That, you know, I think uh, Brian McNally, you know, the journalist, he came out and said, that much proves nothing. <laughs> How can you possibly give it an offside? You're meant to be able to prove it was offside. So what it does do is highlight maybe it wasn't honest mistakes because if they're still making these mistakes and decisions when they've got the benefit and going back and watching them again, this honest mistakes happened in real time. You know, refs didn't get a second chance to look at it. If they had, these decisions wouldn't have happened. It kind of puts to bed that argument of honest mistakes. And, you know, we hear the, the argument about whether refs are confident or not. You have to go through, you know, a universal refereeing standard to, to referee at this level. You know, their competence is tested. They know the rules of the game. They might choose to ignore them, like you know, happened at, at Celtic Park at the weekend when the, the keeper puts the ball down, touches his feet in defence to pick it up again. Well, mm-hmm. well, ref, that's an indirect free kick to Celtic. A few yards out, pretty good scoring opportunity. So you've just decided to ignore the laws of the game here and award a free kick to the opposition for goodness knows what offence you know you're really struggling going what offence did they come up with to award that other than you know st- still the nature I'm not going to give Celtic this goal scoring opportunity because that, that's basically what it looked like to me you know you saw David Turnbull over to him it looked like he was explaining the rules to the ref but as I've said before the, the, the ref's competent he's been tested in these rules he knows the rules you know he's implemented them for a number of years to get to this level it's just refused to implement them at Celtic Park. Dale, everything I think you see there, Lawrence, is, is bang on. I think every Celtic fan's seen that over the past few weeks, whether or not, you know, a few weeks off from SPFL Premiership football, or let those decisions be cleared up and whatnot, I wouldn't hold my breath at all. I don't think uh, technology and whatever else is either going to improve in that time. Um, also, Patrick, just a, a final word, because it, this was something that the manager said when asked about it on Saturday and it's to you know a, a lot of praise needs to be given to this team of players who domestically have coped with a really hard dueling schedule came through it we've rotated well there's been questions asked from us as fans upon that rotation but it's proved to, to be successful we sit with a nine point advantage at the top of the league and all credit must be given to those Celtic players for coming through a period which was very very challenging in a competition in the Champions League that they were still experiencing for the first time. Yep, uh, absolutely brilliant. And, you know, it's we, we didn't have the option of rotation uh, last season or else, you know, you would have been playing a lot of youth players a lot of the time. Um, you've got that option now. So credit to Ange, credit to the players, you know, everyone that stepped up. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have sort of played professionally for Celtic in the league over the, over the 15 games, but I'm sure it's... Uh, quite a lot and you know it's it's good to be able to call on the squad especially you know we have had times where there have been a few quite a lot of injuries adding up um, you know Leipzig away I think you know two people had to go off injured and then Stephen Welsh started the game so <clears throat> uh, I think Abilgar played most of the second half as well so you know it's uh, we have had our moments but you know thanks thanks to having a big squad we've been able to sort of get through and you know it's it's a credit to, to the whole club really and hopefully that's just a squad that we can improve on uh, over the January window and sort of kick on for the rest of the season and I hope we absolutely do everything by the way 10 nothing. 
Yeah, I, I know you're. I know you're a big fan of Frank Lampard, Patrick. So. Aye, I love him. Aye, yeah, love him. Uh, <laughs> but, but Lawrence, you know, it is complete testament to the manager, the group of players, because as I say, there, you know, there'll be a lot of learning curves um, from th- this season so far. But we've came through a, a batch of fixtures, probably unlike anything but we've faced recently, just due to that World Cup being where it is. Um, we have that chance to to go into a break. And, you know, as the manager said towards the end of last season, come back bigger, better, stronger. I think you're going to see a completely different uh, Celtic team come back in, in December time to, to go to Petrodri first and then hopefully go on another run after that. Yeah. So, since, as soon as Ange has settled into the job, it's pretty, pretty much been relentless since then. You know, the, the run stretches way back to last year. Almost un, un, uninterrupted. But you come back and you're looking at a 23-game league, aren't you? With a nine point lead, we've definitely got money that we can invest in players. Andrew's alluded, you know, to, to that. This season, the injuries haven't been, you know, as bad as last season, we would say. So, yeah, I think we'll come back fresh. The players will know what they've got to do to win this league. Uh, and we're in a cracking position. Uh, we're over the kind of fixture pile up by the looks of it. So, yeah, I think it's going to be great for the, the Aussie fans to see them out there in the flesh, so to speak. But it's going to be even better for us to see them back at Celtic Park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to all our usual Aussie listeners and other people over in that part of the world, I hope you enjoy it because it's not every day that obviously Celtic's in your, your, your doorstep. Um, and it's, it's, you know, a real reward, if you like, for a lot of these people who give up. You know, it's easy enough for for ourselves that, that live close to Celtic Park to, to jump in the car or the bus or whatever and get to the game but um, for those people out there who make so many sacrifices getting up in all hours of the day to, to watch their beloved troops, um, it's something that's well deserved um, for them um, just to remind everybody before we say cheerio um, that 25th anniversary celebration of the, the team that stopped the 10 please do subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already there's two standard tickets up for grabs possibly win. We won't be going anywhere, even though we're in this international break. We'll be chatting all things Celtic. We've got the build-up to the Sydney Super Cup. We'll then have the, the camp in Portugal and everything in between as four of our players are at the World Cup. And I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about. Lawrence, Patrick, pleasure as always. And to everybody in the comments, have a great day and thanks for joining. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203.
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer their home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.